Welcome, listeners. I just wanted to let you know ahead of time that this is a very special episode for us. We are celebrating Michelle's five years cancer-free. Yay! So to commemorate that, I surprised Michelle with a few of her friends, and we are also doing this for the first time ever live on Facebook. So we have all kinds of distractions going on. They're wonderful surprises. It's a great way to celebrate. But you're going to notice we stumble through a little bit because we're, we're trying to figure out how to make it all work. It's definitely an episode worth um, hanging in and celebrating with us. We hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. I am so excited to be doing this episode today. Emily, hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 There's hey, my hey. favorite greeting. <laughs> the hey, hey, hey is back, everyone. Yes, you can't. I can't oh. get away from it. Um, I was just glad you stopped texting before we started the episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I was trying to communicate with a few people to that uh, are getting engaged. And okay, yes. Okay. So was, don't want anybody to feel left out. I was like, seriously, Emily. I know. We're, I know. We're I'm neglecting everybody here. We're, we're here we are. Show. Yes. That's so a, today, um, for our podcast <sighs> listeners, we God, are drinking his last bottle of Mauvais Garçon. Isn't it good? Okay. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to have to try to pay attention to our episode and actually focusing in so much on our live thing. Yes. Distracting. So listeners, for those of you who are... um, Listening to our podcast. Listening to our (laughs) podcast, we are actually streaming this live on... Facebook, and this is our first time doing so. So we're, we're you know, we're trying something new, and uh, we're just going to give it a go. And we wanted to stream this live this time because we are celebrating today. This is a celebration episode. It is. And we also wanted to live stream it today when it was basically just the two of us, and we wouldn't make any of our guests un, uh, like uncomfortable by being live streamed out to into the internet. So that's true. Yeah, but Emily the, and I are fine with like revealing all of our secrets <laughs> to the world. <laughs> but the truth of it is, I want to share with you why this is a celebration episode. Go ahead, we tell had me. a big announcement a week ago and um, definitely worth sharing with the world that Michelle has had her five-year yep, cancer-free yep, card everyone I know you I know everybody out there was probably thinking we were going to announce like the new MLS team or something here in St. Louis <laughs> or that the Rams were coming back but that's not happening no yes. no but I did I, I I went through my final oncology appointment on well, shit. Last week. Well, the a couple weeks ago now, right? Second? Mm-hmm. No, it was the second of January. And, um, yeah, it was this? No, it was the second. Yeah, yeah. My dad was in town. And, uh, yeah. Got all, the results. I had my final CAT scan the week before, and uh, the blood yeah. work was done. And I was very, very pleased yeah. to be um, released from, I mean, 
ever having to go back. One was the nice thing they said, oh, Michelle, you know, hey, if you want to come back, we can always scan you yearly. And I was like, <laughs> why? Yeah, why do I want to keep starting my year off with an $800 bill? I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with that. And they're like, well, or we could do blood tests. I'm like, no, that's no, fine. That's her choice. So then they said, just keep, uh, keep listening to your body. Yeah. And if you see anything untoward or that you are a little, un, you know, nervous about, just come right, call us. We'll get you right back in. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's, that's like so, that was really nice of them to say that. And yeah. then they also said to make sure that we, um, the heart reactions are like extra bubbles in Michelle's glass. Oh, yeah. oh we that, love our call listeners. In. That you. was so sweet. Um, sorry, but uh, they said for me to just do like the poor man's medical treatment or medical uh, uh, monitoring. Just weigh yourself once a month. Okay. And I was like, and they said, if you start to lose weight, I'm like, seriously, you're talking to me? <laughs> if you start to lose weight, I said, unintentionally? They're like, oh, yes, yes, unintentionally. Um, with no, like no, not even trying, then you know that was something wrong, and to come in, and um, I was like, all right, well, I don't know. I, if I start to lose weight, I'll just I'll just lose weight, <laughs> deal with it later. <laughs> well, I'm just really excited to be um, sharing this mm. news with all of our friends, and we have bubbles to celebrate, and you know what? We also have a little bit more than bubbles. We have a couple of friends that are actually waiting in the hallway to join us. What? That are close friends of Michelle that were there oh. with her while she was going through treatment. No, no, this is not nice. This is not, These this are is not friends nice. that took no, care of her. Live episode. We're there. <laughs> I know. We're okay. going to have a, moment, a moment here. I'll tell everybody what's happening. So we um, have some close friends of Michelle that were there with her. They were there with her the day she went into the hospital. They were there with her <laughs> um, <laughs> during the treatments. And I've had some opportunities to hear some of the stories that these ladies have shared about how much they love Michelle <laughs> and, and just what the experience was like together. And I felt on this day of celebration, we were celebrating all that she's overcome uh, and celebrating yeah. those amazing friends that helped her uh, be a part of. Well, I, I am very, very lucky to have had the friends that I had, or I still have, but to who were there. Um, the day I got diagnosed with colon cancer, um, <laughs> I remember, you know, Kathy Chechik is here and Julie George. They are on the other side of the table, which yes. maybe we'll like take we'll a We'll recalibrate at some point <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we'll do something. I don't know. It's a, it's a freaking live show. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember I came home from the hospital after the colonoscopy and the doctor had said, oh, you have cancer. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and uh, Kathy like came right over that and you sat with me and, um, you know, we, we talked about things and, you know, all, I just was like this bottle of or bundle of nerves and scared and and always like oh I know I'll make it through blah 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 all that sort of stuff but it just meant a lot to me that um that you came over that day so Kathy and I've been friends for a little over 10 years now mm-hmm. about as long as you and Mark have been together yeah, yeah. close to 13 really close to 13 oh, okay right um time flies it does. And uh, uh, I always say that uh, Kathy's like the big sister I never had. 
you know, we ladies spend a lot of time together. And um, thank you, sharing um, the love. And uh, she's she's just Cheers. she's very very special. Sauvage to Welcome, my friends. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> You guys are so funny. Thank you out there in Facebook land for dealing with this. <laughs> for, <laughs> for, like, putting up with it. <sighs> so, I thought I was all prepared to basically do a monologue for, like, an hour and tell everybody about my <laughs> cancer experience. And I have everything laid out and X, Y, Z. And now Emily has just switched it on me. I know. I'm sorry. But I, I think that this is um, a really uh, important moment. And um, the the friendships and the love that you have around you are incredible. And I just thought this would be a great time to share your story and inspire others who who have gone through, or going through, or will go through um, such an experience. And um, cancer affects more people than you realize. Whether or not you have a friend, or you yourself are diagnosed, or a parent, or a brother, or a sister, it is it touches everybody. And it's a uh, it is really a really shitty, shitty disease um, that people mm-hmm. get. And nobody wakes up and says, oh, today I want to have cancer. I think I'm bored. I think <laughs> right. I'm bored. It's July. It's hot. I think I'll just, you know, why not, why not just get cancer? So, no, nobody nobody wakes up like that. And uh, so... So I want to hear, what, what happened? What was your first sign that something was off? I am happy to tell you that, but first let me introduce Julie George. Oh, yes. I talked about Kathy a little bit, and I haven't introduced Julie George yet. Julie is um, another best friend. She's a neighbor. She has, she's my kid's aunt Julie and her husband Mm -hmm. Paul. I've been, been like, dear, dear people close to our hearts. Well, how old? William's six, almost 16. So she's like three. three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was. Measured by William. We do, but by his age, not his height. That's about the same time frame, though. <laughs> a little bit. It's yeah. about 13 so, years. Yeah, about the same. Yeah, yeah. we met, about 13 years we met at a, a neighbor's fire pit, and uh, we're, like, just instant friends since then. And, um, yeah, just really, really great. So, so my, um, yeah. my indication that something was wrong, I had, um, I had experienced bleeding in, uh, you know, blood in the stool and I had uh, gone to the doctor in February of 2013 for something completely unrelated, but I was, and I said, Oh, by the way, I have some blood in my stool, you know, and there's, uh, what's up with that? And she, uh, my doctor was like, well, you know, you're 44 and you've had three babies. It's probably just hemorrhoids. So, you know, if it doesn't go, it doesn't resolve itself, just come back. And here's my question. Did you have symptoms of, hem- like, hemorrhoids hurt? Did you have that kind of... Oh, uh, you know, as, I mean, Emily, people, when they talk about their butt and their shit, they just, they don't, <laughs> they don't talk about it, you right. know? They really don't. They don't talk about the problems with it. They don't talk. So it's, it was embarrassing enough just to say that I had blood in it. So mm-hmm. I, I was just like, oh, okay. And um, that was in February of 2013. And then uh, my mother was diagnosed with uterine cancer in March of 2013. And I remember asking her in May of 2013 how often she'd seen blood because she was an older and, um, and she'd had like, you know, 65 year old women don't have periods. And so that was mm-hmm. her, that was her indication that something was wrong. And I said to mom, I said, so how often were you bleeding? She goes, oh, it was just the one time, Michelle. And I c- called my doctor, you know, and they found the cancer. And I was like, oh, and I had been bleeding the whole time. Mm. And so I called my doctor back and I said, oh, okay, I'm still bleeding. And it's, 
and it's June. And she said, well, let's keep coming in. And then she said, well, let's get a colonoscopy scheduled. And um, that was in July, July 16th of 2013. I went for my colonoscopy. And even then, that doctor was, she said to me, um, and my, my daughter Megan was with me for that colonoscopy. I've had a lot of colonoscopies, and I think everybody except for you and Sam have been with me at one. <laughs> Three fifths of the people here have been with me <laughs> during the colonoscopy. But uh, my uh, my the colonoscopy doctor, she said, uh, she said, well, Michelle, you know, you're 44 and you've had three babies. Are you sure? She goes, have you tried like hemorrhoid medicine? And I said, well, can we just have the colonoscopy and right. rule things out? And I wasn't even thinking cancer. Not at all. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I had a tear in an test. I wasn't thinking cancer at all. So I go, they do the do the uh, the colonoscopy, and I wake up, and the doctor says, well, you have cancer, and the cancer doctor's coming to see you, the surgeon, and I've got a CAT scan ordered and blood work ordered, and I just sort of like just right. like sat in the bed and cried. Was anybody with you? When My daughter, you, Megan. Daughter. Yeah, and um, she, we... Uh, actually, people who listen to our podcast will um, hear Megan and my mom on mm-hmm. th- on this Friday when it drops. But uh, so Megan was there. So she was eighteen years old, and you know, mm-hmm. dealing and, with the fact that her mom now has colon cancer. And did they know like at what stage it had progressed N- to at this? Not point? until my surgery, and my surgery is August the eighth. And Kathy was there, and Julie was there, and Megan was there, and uh, in the waiting room, my sister was there. Jen and uh, yeah, that was pretty shitty. They fat one, so they they um, removed the tumor and they harvested like um, eighteen uh, eighteen uh, lymph, lymph nodes, nodes yeah. and uh, it was it came back as stage three B, so it had already progressed outside my colon, um, and so they they I really feel lucky that. I did my mom got cancer and I asked her how many times she bled. So I went back to the doctor because I don't know. I mean, had I waited, would I have waited any longer? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, I feel like I was lucky that I did go back when I went back because I know people who, who are dead today because their doctor treated them for irritable bowel syndrome for a year. Mm-hmm. And when they finally gave them a colonoscopy, too it was far. already, it had progressed to the liver, mm-hmm. but they were too young and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this whole situation that that I went through, and mm-hmm. um, you didn't know me then. I was quite mm-hmm. quite charming <laughs> during my treatment <laughs> and surgery. Feel free to I, chime I'm in. I'm not sure the nurses would agree with that. Would you? <laughs> what do you think they'd think? Um, depends on the nurse. There was some terror <laughs> going on in those rooms. Oh yeah, my yeah. eight day stay in it the hospital. Not, it was not easy. Well, you had kind of a rough anyone. go of it, right? I mean, I, I remember hearing a story about uh, like you being in pain for the first twenty, like twelve hours outside of your surgery. Longer well, than that. Let's even back up a little bit and say, how long did they predict the surgery to go? Right. right, so it was like supposed to be hours, like a, wasn't it? it was like a three-hour projected surgery that ended up being nine hours. Yeah, it yeah. was a nine was hour. It? Okay, it was nine hours. And so, ladies, what what transpired that made that go from a three-hour surgery to a nine-hour surgery? Well, Emily, you know I'm an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always have been. So people should just know right off the bat that if you're gonna gut me open. I'm not. I'm gonna, make, gonna go I, I'm gonna make it, it work for it, right? <laughs> so they took out the they took out the the tumor, and then they noticed my right ovary 
uh, was cut. They thought it was covered in cancer. Uh, it ended up being like chocolate cyst. If anybody's out there googling it, but basically it was endometriosis that had covered my endometrial lining that had covered my right ovary, and uh, my colon. My colon surgeon was like, it, he's like in good conscious. I didn't want to leave that in there because he's seen women who have endometriosis. That that stuff will mess your bowels up and like, you know, worm its way through and really screw things up. So, um, but they had to wait for the o, the OB doctor to come to do that surgery. And then, um, and then I have these things called lymphangiomas in my belly fat. So, I mean, this is going to, so many people are going to want to date me now. It is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, these are these are fluid-filled cysts. They're not cancer. They just happen to be there. And um, one sprung a leak. So now you had a oh geyser going on, oh and God. so they had to. They were really working hard to um, to uh, get that thing to quit leaking. And uh, so I have this. I do have on my cat scan since then. You know, they'll they'll notice the clip that's in my. Um, you know, thankfully I I won't get too thin. So that that clip will stick out, but um, in the belly fat. So I had all of that combination, and uh, so they were making some decisions on the fly when they were in there. Right? They were making decisions, and they came to talk to Kathy so, and Julie yeah. about um, and my daughter. Well, they really came to talk to Meg, but we were there for Meg as well. Her daughter. Yeah. yeah. No eighteen-year-old should have to make a decision for her mother. Right. In a situation like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you guys told her. That. So when they came out, so let's yeah. like back up because I'm not sure everybody that's listening here knows exactly where we're at in this point of the story. So um, basically, they they find that there uh, there's a mass on your ovary, and they come out to um, Meg because you've assigned her as your. She's my girl. Yeah, she's my next of kin. Yeah, and they're asking the 18 year old. We've found this ca- potential cancer on the ovary. Do we take it or don't we? Right. That's right. Yeah, and so the both of you were a part of her team to have that conversation. So, what kinds of questions and what? Tell me about that experience of well. Like, first of all, talking. the doctor was wonderful. The surgeon that came out, he was. His name is Doctor Donald Summers. He's yeah. fantastic. He's here in St. Louis. He he was amazing. That I remember. He was very calm, compassionate, very compassionate. He explained in wonderful detail what what they had done, what they had found, and what they wanted to do or what he felt Suggested. was the right thing to do. Um, and it, it wasn't a hard decision to make, mm-hmm. as I recall. Um, I think we looked at each other and said, take it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Right. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of a no-brainer, but um, I think Meg at showed a little yeah. sign of relief. That she, that that she had that we were clear about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that we didn't have to go round and round and weigh a bunch of things. I mean, it, it really it was a very easy decision to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when in doubt, suspect, take, take it, it out. Yeah. She was forty four. Already had three kids. <laughs> she wasn't going to have any more kids, and she <laughs> still had another ovary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was really no question. But I think I think it was really good that Meg was there for that. But that she didn't have to make that decision on her own. Yeah. 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 And I know she, she really appreciated that. And I appreciated you guys being there and the eight days in the hospital and the 
the roller coaster ride, and you know, I remember one of the. It's it's like it's really dear to me, and I don't, you know, like little small gestures. Kathy brought me a robe, a white robe. It was so so cozy and comfy, and I just like wrapped up into it, and I still have it. I still use it, and I think of you fondly every day when I when I uh, use the robe, and um, and then I remember one day when I was like, "Can you just wash my hair?" <laughs> It was like I wanted my hair washed. She's like, sure. And, and you know, I, we go wandering down the hall with the IV pole and find some, like, sink she can wash my hair in. Um, in a storage room. It was a storage oh, room. It was a storage <laughs> It was, wow. Yeah. It, it, it was, was like a sits bathroom or whatever. It wasn't then. a slop sink, but it, it, was, <laughs> it was kind close. of a nice sink, but it was in a storage room with, like, mops and buckets and other stuff. It was oh very my gosh. odd. And we barely fit in there. Everything was so odd. Everything was really squeezed odd. Squeezed into time. there, shampooing oh. her hair and laughing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, that, you know, but, it was so, it was, but at this point in time, it was like I, some weird scene out of a movie. My pain like, had what are we been doing hiding in a closet, <laughs> getting my hair washed. But so my pain, obviously, my pain had been uh, a, a, a little alleviated. Alleviated at that point in time. Um, so, do they not wash your hair while you're in the hospital? No. Really? No. no there's no. Emily. We could have an entire podcast of things that they don't do several. for you in the hospital. Probably several. Several. That's yeah. a shock. I mean, part, it's they, part of good health, right? Is, well, they bring you water and right? they say, here you go. And, you know, you bathe yourself. You're sitting in your bed and you're like, Seriously. they're not washing you. And another, my primary care physician, she, I've had her for 15 years and she came in to check on me and I had this like bucket of water and I was like, Dr. McConnell, can, can you wash my back? And she was so kind, and she did. She just took the sponge, and she just washed my back for me because I'm no hooked up. Would. And I'm like, and I was like, I just, wow. yeah. And then once I got, like, just into, like, the IV that could be wrapped up and stuff, then I could shower, you know, in the room. But before then, before then, it was quite, it was awful. Yeah, we were probably four or five days into it at that point, right? It felt like it. It really did. I, yeah, it was... It was significant, and uh, my first night in the hospital was awful, and the pain was terrible, and I felt like I was going to die, and the nurses, one nurse, she, like, put the IV in, and I could just see my, my arm was expanding because she did it wrong. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? Oh, my I bleeped gosh. myself there. And uh, <laughs> and I didn't sleep because my blood pressure was so low and because of the pain thing that they had me on. And they, like, rolled me to my side. And the pain management guy was like, just give it time. He was a, he thought he was a rock star. And uh, the nurses— <laughs> who, did, who did nothing. Who did nothing. And the night nurses were, like, so frustrated with him. And— um, uh, I don't know. Did you guys come before Dr. Um, Dr. Summers came or after? Was I still in a—I think I was already done. My colon doctor, my surgeon, came to see me. So I got to my room at like at 10 p.m. on Wednesday night, and then I was I was in pain. Like, think if you're having a contraction, you're having giving birth in your contraction, you're at a 10. And a contraction, when you're having, you know, it like comes up Waxes and then it and goes waves, down. Yeah. This was just a 10. Constant, yeah. Constant, right in the same spot. And um, when my colon doctor— when Dr. Summers came to see me with his little penguins behind him, all the residents, you know, and just think Grey's Anatomy, you know, and everybody's got to like reach in. Oh, you know, class participation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the I'm the guy, you know, in there, and 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 uh, these these people are asking me questions, and they're like, they're like saying, um, so have you walked yet? And the little smart resident was all like, well, you're just not giving enough time. And I, I said a lot of things to him. I was mad <laughs> at him. But it was like he wasn't listening. He wasn't hearing me. And yes, I was by did. myself. 
And then my colon cut. Some my, choice words were oh, well, thrown wait, around. Many wait, choice, everybody many out choice there. Words. Okay. If you're listening to this with children, I'm, you're going to hear exactly what I said to my colon doctor when he walked in. He comes walking in. He's got his residence behind him, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, you know, all looking at me. And I said, I said, Dr. Summers, you lied to me. And he was like, what? What? He looked at me. He was shocked. And I go, you lied to me. He goes, what? I said, you told me I'd be so high right now that I wouldn't be able to feel anything. And my asshole hurts. <laughs> and he was like, oh, uh, well, uh, you know, and he was a little taken aback. But I was, that's how angry yeah, I was. And that's, I mean, literally, my asshole hurt. Like, yeah. Just imagine, everything about my body hurt. Right. And uh, then one of the residents said, well, have you gotten up and walked yet? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I, like, lit into them. I said, I have things on my legs, squeezing my legs right now, and a catheter at me. No, I haven't gotten up to walk, you idiot. Well, and I can imagine on Kathy and Julie, your side, it, it could be a challenge uh, feeling helpless. Like, like, you can't do anything about the pain. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't convince the the doctors to you know give her more medicine or you know i can, I can well, imagine that we frustration would go down the to the nurses station if we thought that they hadn't come back in a good amount of time to check on her and i had they did yeah they were short-handed they Seriously. were so but there was but there was nothing that they could do anyway well, I either had nurses that made me feel like I was staying at the Ritz Carlton, and they were. Mm. And my favorite was Nurse Evelyn. And if she ever sees this episode, she will always, always remain so close to my heart. She was amazing, and she was the night nurse. And when she was leaving, like I still had like three days left, I'm, I was like, "What?" You know, cause she just didn't have. You know, her shift was up. I was really, really scared. Um, or I had, or I had people who should never even be in the medical profession. So yeah, it was a you know, like yeah. I said, you know, I'm all about extremes. Yeah, it kind of makes me <laughs> question. Uh, Lena, my surgery was at uh, Lena. Lena from Texas has uh, has written in is asking what hospital was my surgery in, oh. and it was at uh, St. Louis University Hospital. So there you go. <laughs> so you know, I, we've we've kind of briefly broached this topic in uh, a couple of conversations we've had on the show, but we've never really dove into it. It's the whole gaslighting in the medical industry, you know. And I'm I'm wondering if you really feel that you experienced that oh, because not with it, not with the cancer. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like they were gaslighting me with cancer. I feel more not with cancer, but with like you came out and you were in pain and they weren't listening to you. I think that happens to uh, a lot of people. And I also have been told that don't ever schedule your surgeries for the middle or the end of July because that is when one resident class is graduating and moving on and you have another resident class moving in. So but if going, you have cancer, yeah, you're you like, know, actually, right. No, actually my surgery was August 8th, so I was I had a brand new class. And this guy thought he was a rock star, but um, he wasn't. He just didn't want to listen. And he said to me, he's like, you just didn't give it enough time. And I was like, I gave it plenty of time. You know, you just—he's well, supposed to work. Supposed to work. <laughs> I said, well, not everybody doesn't always work. So right. listen. Yeah, yeah. I had quite a bit of things to say. I really do have a lot. I don't want to like make this whole thing about sure. how, like anger with it because I should be celebrating. But well, I just feel like 
I feel like people get diagnosed with cancer and some folks, you've, you end up being put on a conveyor belt and you're mm. just given a number and, and you're, given a, you're given a barcode because, my God, the more they can charge you and we're going to have you do this. We're gonna do that. I mean, you, all you are is a, a, a money. You're like cha-ching. Mm-hmm. And you are, you're like sitting there going, I don't want to die. Okay, you go here, you go there. And I mean, you just. You do what they, they tell you to do. You just do what they say. Yeah. And they charge you so much. Yeah. So much because they don't know if you're going to survive. Yeah. There's no guarantee. So let me ask you this. You're yeah. five years cancer-free. Are you five years cancer-free, debt-free? I finally paid off my chemo treatments last spring. Okay. Doesn't that suck? Does that That's suck? amazing. Yeah. Finally paid that off last spring, and um, but no, but I, every every um, January it was a CAT scan. That's eight hundred dollars. You know, welcome. And right. I don't get to deduct that. You know, right? Um, and 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 that changes. I mean, the the amount changes. Mm-hmm. What what they what SLU charged me five years ago versus what they charged me last week. I mean, it's just crazy. And and I just feel like I I don't know. I just feel like they just make their money on people who have cancer because you're so afraid of dying that right. you. Are gonna you're gonna agree to whatever, and you know they'll hassle you when you're in the middle of treatment because you've let. Literally, they called me in November. I had I had twelve months. I'm sorry, six months of chemo treatments every two weeks, and I had agreed upon a, a payment rate, a payment plan with SLU, um, SLU Care, um, of you know a certain amount, and I was paying every time I went to chemo, I paid that amount, so I was basically paying them double of what I had agreed to pay to them. And they called me in November. So I started treatment in September. They called me in November. And the billing department said to me, well, you've let your bill get out of hand. Really? Did Did I set the prices? I was so mad. And they sent it to collections while, oh even though gosh. I was paying them every two weeks, what I had agreed to pay them, yeah. they sent it to collections. Oh, that's just so that's, cruel. Because they don't, I'm like, do you not think I'm going to survive? Is that what it is? I mean, I asked them. I said, are you afraid that I will die and you won't get your money then? Wow. Is that is that what this is about? Oh no, no, ma'am. Well, I said, well, because you're you're practically killing me now. <laughs> it was awful. It was just wow. really. They were just. Yeah. They, they just. They just don't. They the don't, compassion is not no, there. They don't care. Yeah. They don't yeah. care. And we have. And well, we, they're in the world of mm-hmm. sick, right? So everybody that comes in is not well. And right. I think that they've there's a desensitization that happens as a result of that. Well, and I have to say that that's I mean that's that's the administrative side. I had at, on the on the infusion center and the people that worked there and my doctors. You know that's that's they're wonderful people, and I I never felt I mean um, I I always felt like they had their their best interests um, in mind for me. Yeah. Um, and but then then I have to say that the other thing was um, that made helped me get through it. And if anybody out there in St. Louis or in your town, um, please take advantage of the cancer support community of St. Louis. That's what kept me sane. I had I, I got there after five treatments of chemotherapy, and I, I was one chemo treatment away from being completely and totally batshit crazy. Completely and totally batshit crazy. And um, if I had not, if I had not been referred to them, 
I don't know what I would have done. There's a, it's an incredible organization. They have support groups. They have um, nutrition classes. They have um, things for your kids. They have like exercise classes. It's all free um, for anybody who's touched by cancer. So if like your best friend's going through cancer and you need to go to the caregiver support group, you can do that. Um, but I went weekly and I had a wonderful group of people and I could sit around with folks who knew what it was like to be going through going through treatment to be Mm -hmm. faced with the diagnosis and um i love that organization and i will constantly tell people go there if you need go there you don't even know that you need them go there that's great advice we'll have a Um, link to their organization absolutely so what i would like to do is take this moment to have a brief pause let's make sure everybody has full glasses and um maybe when we come back I, you know, I, I liked hearing that recommendation. Maybe there's some advice that you can share about various coping me- mechanisms and things that you did to make, you know, that helped you feel better when you were going through this process. And um, and uh-huh. and then we'll go from there. Does that sound <laughs> manageable? <laughs> you guys will stick with us. <laughs> Emily wasn't so sure when she was like, let's do this now. Michelle has a lot to say on this episode, on this topic. <laughs> of course, <laughs> totally well, this, this there is very personal, and again, I, I think that this is something that a lot of people can benefit from hearing. And and uh, we're all glad you're here. So you know, we we I personally want to learn more about um, some of the experiences that you had, and and Girl, I you know don't have enough champagne left. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. I have another bottle. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> oh. next too. All right, good, good thinking. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break. Our people out there are like, let's take a break and we'll come back and um, and we'll keep talking. Well, welcome back. Thank you for indulging us on that pause. I hope that you too took a moment to get a fresh glass of bubbles or whatever you want to drink when you are listening to our podcast. Absolutely. And um, we're here and we just realized we, you know, due to the fact that we, this is a a bit of a special episode, we didn't follow traditional form, we were amiss in doing something rather important, which is... Sharing our wine talk, with you. We, we didn't even talk about this. And our uh, champagne tonight. We are, or- we are one bottle down and we haven't even talked about our bubbles. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are drinking uh, a, a, a domestic bottle, actually. It's called Sauvage, which means wild. Uh, it is from the Gruet family, which is in... Uh, in uh, New, uh, New Mexico, actually, oh. I've actually been to their tasting room. Really? Yeah, it's they have a tasting room in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh-huh. and their stuff is delicious. It by is the really way. good. I just never knew that New Mexico had a wine industry or a champagne industry. Well, oh, here's what's interesting: industry. So, the, in the Gruet family, the the entrepreneur that that sought out the land that started Gruet, came from France, came from Champagne region. And I don't remember the exact timeline. It was somewhere, you know, in the 60s or something like that. He, he came I'm to the Google United States. And find out. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we can share the correct story. <laughs> but from my, my you know, my memory serves, um, he, he came and toured all around the United States looking for the right kind of land. Um, found property in New Mexico and said, this is going to be perfect for growing champagne grapes. 
and um, basically sent his kids off to do it. He's like, <laughs> this is perfect. And here you go to the desert, kids. Yeah. And, uh, but, but yes, they, they make. Here's a project I have for you. <laughs> they, make, they make true Method de Chambidois, true champagne style, um, uh, uh, sparkling. This is a Blanc de Blanc we're drinking. It's, I mean, this is just really fresh and clean. It's got nice, yeah. nice tiny bubbles and yeah, it's, very it's good. really delightful clearly we have no problems drinking it because we are one bottle down and we're only on our first break we're right well we're one bottle yeah. down and there are five of us drinking it so oh. that that helps yeah. it's one of those things when it's we're one bottle down it's just emily and i before we even start <laughs> recording and then we have a problem they have a problem but no it's very light i like it a yeah. lot very fresh um do yeah. you do you have a thought as to you know uh, what's the Michelle description here? Oh, sorry about that. Um, I know our mics are in a new position right now, and so we're constantly clinking our glasses. Everyone gets a well, cheers. Well, right. <laughs> this this uh this champagne. I can call it champagne. This Albuquerque sparkling. This New Mexico sparkling. Um, uh, kind of uh, kind of makes me think. Or it's it's like it's like a thong that. Ooh. That you're okay, you're like running five miles in. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, I don't know why you'd go out in a thong to run five miles anyway, but it's one of those that it, like it wouldn't even bother you. It's like so perfect oh. for you to run your five miles. I don't know, you know, so yeah, it's like it's like one of those thongs that it's wow. an extra it's like an it's like an exercise thong. I don't an have ex- exercise thongs. <laughs> it's but, in your dreams that you No, it's not in my dream. dreams at all either, either. <laughs> but um but yeah, if I if I were to because it's so light and bubbly and you know mm-hmm. Yeah, what it's do, like floss. What about Kathy, Julie? What are your thoughts on the sparkling that we're drinking today? Tickly and bubbly. Ooh, <laughs> Julie, very nice. Tickly and bubbly. That's a good one. All right, uh-huh. Kathy. Kathy. Oh, well, I don't think I can beat that. <laughs> what do you say after tickly and bubbly? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's how all of it's our thongs are. Okay, well, well, they're tickly and bubbly. It's going down easily. I can say that. <laughs> Fantastic. That's it's a great. perfect celebration champagne. It is. Yeah, very cheers. much. Cheers. 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 Thank you for champagne. joining us, everyone. Thank All you right. for having us. So All before right. we left, I had asked you, Michelle, to kind of share with us, you know, what are some of the maybe coping mechanisms that maybe you can share with people that might be going through a similar situation. What are some things that you did when you were going through this terrible time to feel better and gave you Gave you comfort, gave you peace, made you, yeah, appreciate so, the moment. So anyway, I, I found, um, again, I mentioned earlier <laughs> about the cancer support community in greater St. Louis. And um, that I think it's an, an absolutely fantastic organization. And I highly recommend you, anybody out there, to take advantage of it. Um, I would not have been here without that. So support groups, I think... Um, are are important. I think being able to talk with other people uh, because you can learn a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I learned that there's an organization called Cleaning for a Reason that helps women who are going through chemotherapy. 
women, not men, but women who are going through chemotherapy, they will provide house cleaning services once a month for free while you're going through treatment, which was huge because mm-hmm. when you are laying on your couch and you're looking around your house and you have absolutely no energy to do anything, but you see how dirty it is and you still feel, you start to feel guilty yeah. because your house is a mess and mm-hmm. defeated and stuff like that. So it was fantastic. It's called Cleaning for a Reason. And so they they work with local cleaning companies, you know, um, and and contract with them to come and clean your house, which was lovely when I when I got that. Um, I also learned some like nutritional things from some of the other folks who had been through cancer treatment, and like you know have an egg a day so to help with the um, chemo brain, and that really is that really is a what is chemo brain? Chemo brain is uh, you know when you're. It's like this fog. It's like you lose you, you lose your filter, which I'm sure all of our listeners are probably surprised. <laughs> oh, that explains it. <laughs> that I have a, that I you know like I, I once didn't have a filter. You know, um, you know. It's just I, I could have conversations with people, and I could remember the conversation, but I couldn't remember who I talked to. Mm-hmm. And I know I mean getting older, and I have similar things, but it was just it was really pronounced. Sure. Like I, I. Would I would boil the water, I would like put my eggs on to boil, my hard-boiled eggs so I could have an egg a day. And I had to put the timer on because I had to go in the, I'd go into the living room and I'd forget. I mean, I just, I'd forget it was on the stove. Oh, wow. And then the timer would go off. I was like, what's that? Oh, it's the eggs for my memory. Wow. <laughs> it was, it was bad. amazing. Um, like not be able to find a word. And I'm, I know I write, you know, and not be able to like, Compose sentences and stuff. It was really hard. Well, chemotherapy is it's is poison. a process. Yeah, you're it's poisoning poison. your body. It literally is poison. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, it's not it's 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 a really um, unfortunate way to treat cancer. So how That's long? All I think of how long after you you were done with chemotherapy did it take for your memory problems to start to you know, resolve and how long, yeah. So I had a lot of nerve issues as well. So my memory problems, I think are probably still healing five years later. Um, sometimes I don't know if it is a chemo thing that left over or if it was because, um, I'm just nearly 50. Uh, I don't know if it's a combination of the two. Um, but I have, there have been times where like, oh my gosh, this, like all of this wonderful words came out of my mouth and they sounded fantastic, you know, that's, mm. I know I'm on, I'm on the upswing. Um, it took uh, six months to 10 months for my nerves to, to uh, recover. So I like to describe um, the neuropathy that I felt in my hands and my feet as if, as if you had sparklers, you know, like the sparklers of 4th oh, of July. Yeah. Imagine that like inside your fingers or inside your feet oh. or Remember when televisions would go off the air or the stations would go off the air and you'd just see snow? Right. Right. So just imagine that that crackling on the screen that you would see inside your body. And because your nerves are regenerating one millimeter to two millimeters a day, it's very slow. Oh it's very painful. I couldn't walk barefoot because or outside because I would feel every single blade of grass on my feet as the nerves were regenerating. Um, I couldn't sleep on anything less than 1,500 thread count. <laughs> and still, I still, I still can't sleep on anything other than fifteen hundred thread count. It is. 
It's terrible. <laughs> Maybe there needs to be an organization of sheets for for cancer, cancer people because yeah. because anything less felt like sandpaper on my skin. Um, I also it took a while to be able to put earrings back in my ears because it's all like fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. Fat, you know, fastening the bra was. You know, I had to go back to the teenage or early teens, you know, and flick it around and hook it oh, because wow. I couldn't, I couldn't use my hands and, and my fingers in that, in that manner. It was These are all frustrating. that like, you know, I, you don't hear about and talk about so commonly. Like, no, you is, don't. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are just things that we don't talk about much about no, uh, the, the, the side effects of the treatments of cancer. You know, right, you know, and we, we all hear about nausea and losing hair, and yeah, but. I I had actually lost like my, my eyelashes. I didn't realize until I like as they started growing back in. I just thought for six months I was buying really shitty mascara. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> I I can't I can't it's see not anything. Staying on. No, it's like it's, it's dry. What the hell? And then it wasn't until they started growing back. I was like, oh, I just I had lost my eyelashes, and and Kathy had been my she was my hairdresser during that time. And, you know, we went from long hair to shorter hair to short hair because I was, I really was depressed every time I looked down and there was hair falling out. Sure. And uh, it was got, it got really thin too. I didn't lose it all, but it got really thin. And uh, so Kathy, as a hairstylist, have you um, dealt with if you had a lot of patients that have been unfortunately yeah. in 40 years of practice I sure did sure absolutely and what do you what do you recommend is the right approach for someone who's going through that process like is it is it is it is it as radical as you see in the movies like you know do, is it all of a sudden it's kind of coming out and now it's time to just get rid of all of it or is it everybody's different everybody is different treatments are different the medications are different um and so the doctors pretty much know uh the the cycle of what the chemicals are going to do to you they'll tell you in 10 days you're going to lose your hair or or in 10 to 14 days michelle was really lucky that she didn't lose all of her hair it thinned out quite a bit but never to the point that it didn't look like Right. I mean, she had a hairstyle. She didn't have mm-hmm. to supplement it with anything. She didn't feel like yeah. she needed to wrap her head. She didn't get sunburned on her head. No. Um, but I, I've seen plenty of women who have lost all of their hair sure. and their eyebrows and their eyelashes and mm-hmm. their pubic hair. Yeah. And the, leg, the hair on the back of your legs. I didn't every, have to shave my legs, like, the whole time. Like, this is really great. Like, you take your positives <laughs> where you can, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? It's devastating to every one of them. <laughs> and it's really interesting as to that the hair that they lose is, I guess a better way of saying it is that people have... Um, specifics of importance of some of their hair. Like some people really freak out about their eyelashes. Other people really freak out about the hair on their head. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's just kind of different. Everybody's a little bit different about it. It's probably tied to how we identify like our, our best features, you know? Sure, absolutely. Uh, right. You know, some people have amazing hair and that's how, you know, some are about the eyes. And so it all depends on where we think our greatest beauty lies. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, now now there's tattooing for eyebrows and eyeliner mm-hmm. and things like that, which helps a little bit. 
Although if you don't already have that, you really can't do that while you're going through chemo. But I've taught a lot of people to glue on eyelashes and draw sure. on eyebrows. Yeah. Some other things I did was um, before I had started any treatment, I I had my teeth cleaned because another woman that you had introduced me to, she'd gone through breast cancer and she said... Do that now before they give you start doing chemotherapy because once you start, you, you just can't clean the teeth and do all that chemo stuff for like, I don't know, it made sense. A while, yeah. Um, and so I had that done and she also had recommended me to go do acupuncture. She had done acupuncture every time after her breast cancer treatment and she didn't have any any um, nausea at all during her treatment. Now, her chemo is different than the colon cancer treatment, but I did. I went to Dr. Nancy Young, um, Young Chiropractic. I'd have chemo on Wednesday, and I went to see her on Thursday for my eye, my acupuncture treatment. Mm-hmm. Just almost a preventative, you know. I, 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 didn't, I did everything that I possibly could that was traditional as well as uh, alternative because I was like, I'll just do everything. Um, I did not. I did not drink any alcohol the six months. I because I thought, well, my liver's working hard enough with all the poison. I don't sure. need that. So I've been making up for that. Um, you know, <laughs> hence here, the podcast. Hence the podcast. I've been doing. I've been, I've, and I got, we I got, drank for you when you couldn't drink. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Right. Um, and then I. I also. Uh, I I didn't eat a lot because uh, the chemotherapy affected the taste buds. Everything tasted like um, like cardboard, and I um, I couldn't drink anything that was cold. Everything had to be mm, sure. Everything had to be um, room temperature or warmer because otherwise it felt like glass shards were ripping my throat out and down my down my cheeks. And it, and towards and you know chemo is cumulative. So like the first chemo treatment it was like I'd gone to the 12th night party and <laughs> I was just recovering the next day. I was like, "Oh, that's what this is. I'm I've got it good, right?" Right. But it was it was everything just builds and and by the time you get to like 10 11, 12 treatments. I mean, I worse worse. the fatigue is something you, you it, I've never experienced that fatigue with anything else. And I would come home from school, not school, sorry, work. that's chemo brain. I'd come home from work and um, I'd say to my kids, I was like, it's 5.30 too early to go to bed. And they're like, well, mom, can you wait till 6.30? You know, I just, cause it was just, and then you'd have, you'd have night sweats with everything that was going on. It was just not a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um and then recovering, right? You feel like, okay, I'm done. I finished chemo on March 1st. So March 2nd, I should feel better. Fantastic. <laughs> I should be able to run a marathon. And it it took, I think it took a whole year before not and I haven't run a marathon yet, but um <laughs> I haven't I mean it took a whole year. In March of 2014, I tr- I went to go paint my son William's bedroom and it took me 3 weeks mm-hmm. to paint a 12 by 12 room mm-hmm. that's right. not like one big wall or two big walls and like you know windows and sure. stuff well now that's something like i could i could just before chemo and like now i i could do that in my sleep right course, you know and yeah. have it all done in a few hours but it took me three weeks to get his bedroom done and that was something hard for my kids to um to accept i mean they wanted their mom back they were like, you're done with chemo and, and we want you back. And that was kind of hard for them to realize I had to recover from chemo. Yeah. Was there a moment that you felt like, oh, I'm finally on the rebound? Well, like about a year after my last treatment was when I finally seemed to shake that fatigue a little bit. It was more like, oh, huh. 
I'm not so exhausted. You know, it was just like, it, oh. like snap your fingers and and that happened. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I can't. Mm-hmm, I mean, I feel yeah. fine, you know. And and um, but like one of my one the counselor the or the group facilitator at the cancer support community, he said the thing about chemo, the thing about cancer, and the thing about well, the thing about cancer is when you're diagnosed, cancer is right here in front of your face, mm-hmm. and you can't see anything except through this cancer lens. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes on, cancer kind of moves over here, but it never goes away. You will always look through the yeah. lens. Sure, of yeah. course. Yeah, take a sip. Yeah. Mm. Ladies, what was it like when she told you to the news that she had cancer? And I already know your response. You were fierce friends through and through. Um, and then when did you realize that she was going to be okay? I don't think I ever doubted that she wasn't going to be okay. Did you? No, I don't. I I never doubted that she was going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't go there. Okay, when I don't have to. Sure. Yeah, because you know, you know, yeah. Michelle is. Well, if anybody's yeah. going to survive cancer, it's going to be that. <laughs> right. Yeah. We can't get no, rid of her. I, I think. I think we kind of all looked at it as we're we're facing this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's happening to all of us. Mm-hmm. Not truly. Obviously, yeah, but but it, it it happened to all of us, to her friends, her family, everyone around her, and it and it does with everyone that it affects, mm-hmm. and not everybody realizes that. Mm-hmm. It really does affect everybody around you, and uh, I think part of the treatment for us was being able to help. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Because you can't just stand there as a friend and go, okay, go off and. Do it, yeah. and, you know, good luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to participate. We we had to be a part of it. It, it really does. Yeah, when, when, much, when, people yeah. get, when people are diagnosed with a, a life-altering, a life-threatening uh, disease uh, situation, it really, it, it really kind of uh, tells you who your friends are and, uh, and who— who is who's there for you um, versus who, I, I guess the other part is there are you know there are people in my life who who are more upset that I had cancer and expected me to console them about me having cancer so mm-hmm. and it was like that's not a that's not a nurturing relationship for you when you're going through something like that and you kind of like go all right I guess I gotta move that to the side but then there are people who stepped up who like it floored me I was like oh my god I can't I'm I'm overwhelmed by that generosity and that kindness because I didn't I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I totally expected it from Julie and and Kathy here. And uh, but how long have you known Kathy and Julie? And how did you? Well, call about thirteen me? years. About the same time. Oh, we just really? sort of figured yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, because as far as I can remember, Kathy's always been part of. Yeah, about two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah, neighborhood stuff. Um, Kathy's husband. Uh, lived down the street from uh, from me, and this is kind of funny. Um, her husband, Mark, and I share the exact same divorce date oh. from our spouses. <laughs> <laughs> There's so, a bond. So I like to say that Mark and I share an anniversary nice. together. 
Yeah. I yeah. think that should be a theme for a party. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, used to, I used to call him every every September 12th and say happy anniversary. And then as time went on, I knew I was healing because I forgot. I was like, I'm supposed to do something today. What was I supposed to do? Oh, I, oh. It's my anniversary with Mark. Yeah, I should give him a call. Um, so yeah, that's that's our tie and our Mark's uh, uh, kids and my kids are the similar aged and played on sports teams together, and that's how I met I met Kathy. Nice. And um, anyway, so here's what I'd like to do, and if all you're right, all Emily. on board with this, I think what we should do is take one last little break and refresh our once again empty glasses. I drank a lot. We're thirsty here. <laughs> I'm and maybe up. when we can come back, we can talk about like the hopes and dreams for the next five years. Or 15. Or 20. Or endless. 30. Endless amounts of years. <laughs> yeah, Does that absolutely. sound good? Sounds good. Sounds okay, good. Great. I'm we'll all on board. We'll see you right back. Okay, we are back. We are. <laughs> we are back, Emily. And this has fact, really been a lot of fun. We are wonderful, exactly. aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Anne, for our, sharing our, that new word in our dictionary yes, that we yes. will someday release. Yeah, we're working on that. We'll just work on it tonight. It'll be good to tomorrow. <laughs> yep, that's how we roll. Always few, on. A few glasses of bubbles and a new dictionary is going to be coming out soon. So anyway, before we left, we thought, you know, let's let's start um, shifting our story a little bit. We've heard we've heard the the uh, the early days of her of Michelle's story. We heard Snippets the going it. through it, <laughs> and now let's let's talk a little bit about um, what's what's going to happen in these next wonderful years to come. And I think that Julie has maybe a. A little something. I, I have a little gift for you. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. So. It's just a little. <laughs> Celebration. Right. Oh, well, it's a, a nice it, little is, box. It came in a beautiful, I have to, I have to describe it to our listeners. Uh, it came in a beautiful <laughs> blue bag. And with confetti tissue paper. Uh, confetti tissue paper. Mm-hmm. And it is in a uh, uh, recycled paper Round box, definitely oh. recyclable. This is absolutely gorgeous, and it has like blue tissue paper on. Oh. I guess crinkly tissue paper. Yeah, and an absolutely oh, gorgeous bracelet, a silver bracelet with the some charms, charms on it. With the, they tell a little story. They do. They, there's the book. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. There's the cancer, and then there's the wine for the podcast, right? Oh. And there's a, the book is a passport. I know you don't have your glasses on. You want to borrow my bifocal? <laughs> oh, is this a passport? I thought it was for my book, but very cool. It's a passport oh. for the things to come. For the things I to come. Love it. Oh, my God, Julie, it's beautiful. Thank you so wow. much. I've been trying to make jewelry. That's a, a sad, I mean, you that's not this? a very creative you attempt. But just, like... The, Seriously? Just the brace. Just this I just put it. No, I didn't make it. I just oh I just put it together. Oh. Can you do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's beautiful, Julie. Yeah. It is gorgeous. Very Thank you nice. so much. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it goes real right next to my Fitbit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yes. I know. Because those are all the rage right now. <laughs> I'm just so, I'm just so cool. I like to I like to look at my heart rate. 
Oh look, yeah. I'm still I'm still alive. I'm still beating. Anyway, thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Julie. I love so it. Much. So where are some of the places that you'd like to travel in the next five years? And let's even be a little more specific about that. The where next should few we hours? Bring- yeah. <laughs> that yeah. as well. In like twelve hours, where am I going? Um, and where should we record our show? Well, I'm always looking for wonderful tax deductions. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, I anywhere <laughs> South America, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I'm going to go all over Europe this summer with my daughter as a celebration of uh, her graduating college and me finishing or getting done with cancer five years and also me turning 50. <laughs> It's a good celebration. This is a great year for you. It's a great year, yeah. yeah. And I have great hair. <laughs> um, Always I'm finally platinum. I finally have... Uh, Your dream hair. I finally, like, been on, I'm true and honest with myself that I'm a platinum right. girl. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so like a bunch of places like that. Uh, I love I love to travel. I love to go to Sweden, as my friends in Sweden know. Mm-hmm. I love Sweden. And uh, I, I, yeah, I... I will go wherever. I will go wherever it is uh, economically feasible to go. Yeah, that's great. Can I just be in your luggage when you go? <laughs> you fit. Awesome. Like, Marvelous places. We'll, we'll have to talk about that because, you know, luggage sometimes is extra. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay the upsell, <laughs> okay? Pay, pay. <laughs> I have two bags. Yeah, I know. This was a little heavy. <laughs> but it's on wheels. It's <laughs> So petite, but I'm sure any luggage that I put Emily in will be like the best luggage ever, and it'll be Sorofsky crystals. It'll be like, hand carried, you know, hand carried. It'll have its own like you know men porter, its own porter carrying it through, uh, through the airport. And, like, and don't forget her shoes and her shoes. Oh yeah, I I she would need another bag for her shoes. Exactly. I will. Yeah. I will. Well, that'll be your carry on, Michelle. <laughs> I, think I don't. I don't. I, I, just, I just got my dance coats. Because <laughs> it's the only thing that makes my feet feel all right. But anyway, I'm so glad we have a travel plan. We have a plan. So yeah, yeah I, I this is wonderful. I love the I love the cancer um, ribbon, and I love the wine bottle and everything about it. Thank you, Julie. This is very very nice. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'm glad you um, like it. Yeah, it's wonderful. So um, next five years, yeah. I intend just to continue to stay healthy. I think you have a. Also, you've you've shared with us that you want to write another book. Right. Obviously, I want to write another book. Apparently, <laughs> so, yeah. You, I have you, lots you, of stories. You, I have one yeah. book out there that we have not ever mentioned on our podcast, um, but uh, I do have a book out there, and it is called Midnight Playground. It's by my pen name Simone Richards, and it's uh, set in St. Louis, Chicago, and Detroit. It's a very good book. Um, yes, all, all five hundred of you who've read it love it. <laughs> <laughs> I read it twice. Does that count? Is <laughs> that counts? Five hundred and one. Anyway. Um, <laughs> It is. It's a really great book, and I know I have a sequel to that, and I have a bunch of other um, other stories that are partly written and percolating in my brain. But mm-hmm. it does take. I mean, the thing is, you can write a book; it just takes a while to edit it, and then to all the things that go with that. Sure. And I'm having so much fun on our podcast that right now I feel like that's kind of where yeah where this, I fit. This is... But I will um, a can, part of the vision. For this the is next part five of it. Years. Maybe maybe I'll write yeah. about having a podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I intend to. I intend to just continue to live, um, live a purposeful, joyful, every day. I mean, every day is a gift. I truly believe it. Um, I don't have bad days. You might get frustrated. I might be angry at somebody who cuts me off in traffic, but it doesn't. 
It doesn't stay with me. You know, after I tell everybody about it on our podcast, it right. doesn't stay with right. me. This is this um, is part therapy. This is definitely right? part therapy. Yeah. This is like so much cheaper. This is so much cheaper than chemo. <laughs> uh, this podcast. Um, no, I just uh, I just continue to treasure everybody who's in my life, and I I I really appreciate you guys coming tonight down here and having this uh, wonderful time with us. I I was surprised. Not a lot of people didn't surprise me like that, but you guys <laughs> did, and um, and this is this means a lot to me. And uh, thanks, Emily, for making it happen. Thank you for inviting us. Well, you know what you um, you are an amazing woman, and uh, you you've you've touched my life so greatly since you've come into it time and time again <laughs> until I finally was like, oh, we have to be friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and now you're like, now we have to have a podcast. And I know. All these things, see each other all the time. <laughs> 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 you poor girl. Oh. But you know, we, we we all have our stories. We all have these these rich experiences that make us a part of who we are. And this story for you is is a part of yours and um and one that uh was one of your biggest challenges and yet one that has has made you love and respect life and others even more than you ever had, right? And so it's something to celebrate. Absolutely, I think the gift the gift of time with other people is so is so much more important than anything else. I do have I do have three people I do want to mention that were also very integral to my my in addition to my children. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Beth Skaggs and my friend uh, Connie Chapin. Both both uh, Zumba friends, we danced Zumba together, and Beth would drive me to chemo, and Connie would pick me up, and yeah. that was just so nice of them to do that. I really really appreciated it, um, and then I also appreciated Elise Osgard because we would meet like every couple weeks, and we would just talk about anything else other than chemo. It was very very nice. I'd meet her at Starbucks, and it was nice to just get away and out of my head and talk about. Boys and books and books and boys and so life. this was the podcast before the podcast. This was the podcast before the podcast. <laughs> so at least Osgard, I, that was uh, meant a whole lot to me as well. Yeah. And then I also have to say, I want to say a shout out to my neighbor Liz Fry, who, who uh, out of the blue, she would like just text me and say, "I'm I've made I've made um, chicken and dumplings for you guys and the boys. I'm bringing it over tonight, or I've got I've got this uh, pot roast I made. I mean, just like." Out of the blue, she would just bring food um, over to the house, and um, and I the boys were always so excited. I'm like, Liz brought us food because it was always really, really good. And then I also have to thank the Comerfords um, as another family in my neighborhood who um, one one Monday I remember when I was I, it was a really really tough day, and Chris had come, Mr. Comerford had come to pick up the kids to go to their PSR class, and I was I was in tears. I, I was hungry. I, I didn't know what to do. And he, and he said, well, what do you need? What do you need? And I said, I just want tomato soup. And uh, he took the kids to um, PSR. Then he went to Aldi and he brought me back like two bags of everything. And he wouldn't even take a dime. He wouldn't even take mm-hmm. a dime. It was just, I, I was blessed to have people that, that surrounded me during that time. That stepped up, That right? stepped up, that yeah. stayed, that stayed there, that never, you know, never, you know, ran from it. And then one more, and I'll be done. Yeah. One more Fisher. after this. A sorority sister of mine, uh, Claire Brantley in uh, Florida. 
I had I had posted on Facebook one time about how it was a very 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 cold day in St. Louis because that's what happened when I was going through chemo. It was fucking frigid, the ice age again. Um, and I all I wanted was a salad from Adriana's. And she saw me post something about that. You know, the salads from Adriana's are amazing. Adriana's is a restaurant on the hill. And she saw me post that, and she called Adriana's from Florida. And they don't deliver, but she told them my situation, told them my story. And they said, you know, if she can wait till we close for lunch, after lunch. And they drove, they brought me a salad oh, from Adriana's. Gosh. And um, it just... It's so that. sweet. That's awesome. Good, good, good people. So, yeah, I'm very, very blessed from all of it. And my life is, my life is pretty amazing. Yeah. So, Well, thank you've you. surrounded yourself with amazing people. Of course. Right? Yeah. Nothing so. but the best. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, thank you, guys. And all Love of our you. listeners out there are also among the amazing, wonderful people that are joining our conversation. Yeah, this is, cr- this is crazy fun. And, and you know what? We want to hear from you. And, and uh, as we've mentioned early on, we know that this is an experience that all of our lives have, have, have touched in one way or another. Share your stories with us. and um, yeah. We can commiserate together if you'd like. You know, send us an email. I'll be happy to email you back. Or send it, like call us on our comment line. It's an 812 number. It's on our website. I can't remember <laughs> I know, right now. I know. Apparently, I've had a bit, I've been, have had a bit of champagne. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a fragile flower, remember. But uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on our very first Facebook live thing, which we have some, we've got some people that have stamina. We they do. Stay They've with stayed the with us the whole time. But anyway, Love Emily's going to read the number to us. Yes. So our number is 812-727-0794. Yeah. And uh, uh, follow us on all of our socials. Go to iTunes, like us, give us a five stars like we're Uber driver. And um, yeah. And like tell all your friends about uh, Clearly Speaking, uh, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us in this amazing celebration today. And if you like this Facebook Live thing, <laughs> tell us that and we'll do it again. Yeah. Okay? All right, yeah. guys. Thank you so much. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ciao.